0: If you'll turn in your Bibles with me, today's scripture reading will be taken from the book of Hebrew, chapter 10, verses 14 through 25. I will be reading from the New King James Version. Hebrews 10, 14 through 25. For by one offering he has perfected forever those who are being sanctified. But the Holy Spirit also witnesses to us. After, for after he has said before... This is the covenant that I will make with them after those days, says the Lord. I will put my laws into their hearts, and in their minds I will write them. Then he adds, their sins and their lawless deeds I will remember no more. Now where there is remission of these, there is no longer an offering for sin. Therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus, And let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another, and so much so, the more as you see the day approaching."
1: If we could just see each other in that light and walk that way, make the walk a lot easier, wouldn't it? I walk with the king. If we listen to the words of the song, understand the message that that is bringing out, as well as the message that is brought out in the reading this morning. It ought to change the life that we live. It's always a pleasure to look out and to see each one of you, to see uh, the care that we have towards one another, good to see the age spread, spread if you will, going from Grayson back there to Hubert and Walter Rehm. Do we have that characteristic? Is that really our desire to walk together? What the re- that's what the scripture is bringing out that need for us to walk together, to admonish one another, to rebuke one another, to be willing to walk together in the Lord. Paul, as he was addressing the Romans in that 15th chapter, And in verse 4, for whatsoever things were written before, were written for our learning, that we through the patience and the comfort of the scriptures might have hope. The writer of the book of Hebrews is addressing Christians who were being persecuted, Christians who were thinking about going back under the law of Moses to escape that persecution, and reminding them of what they have in Christ Jesus, and that there is nothing to be gained to go back under the law of Moses, it's only loss. Death and separation from God. The word better is used 13 times in the book of Hebrews of how much better it is for us to be under the law of Christ than it was for them to be under the law of Moses. And regardless of how the world around us views us, we need to remain faithful to God. And the best way to do that is to have this bond, this childlike bond that ties us together. And the way that we do that is as we find in the reading this morning, we do that by remembering who it is that we serve, what hope we have of eternal life with him, and that need to remind us as we know uh, we need to always be willing to encourage one another to walk with the King. You think we would know that. If I walk with the King, what a glorious walk that is. If I walk with the King, then this walk on this earth will quickly pass and we will have that goal before us that we hope never to lose sight of. Those in this day, in the first century, were beginning to lose sight. That's why the writer was writing to them to encourage them to, to demonstrate the superiority of the Son much better than that of the servant Moses. To illustrate the superiority of that new covenant that thought again of having our sins blotted out and remembered no more by God and then to have to remind us or the need to remind us and our need from time to time to be reminded that once there has been forgiveness of sins through the blood of Jesus Christ there's not another offering that needs to be made. We need to understand that. We need to embrace that. We have that tendency of living with past actions. All of us from time to time will recount we, we and have brought to mind things that we wish we had not done. For things that we said that we wish that we had not spoken in haste. But we need that further reminder that when we've asked God for forgiveness, indeed that is exactly what He has done. He has forgiven. And He remembers them against us no more. That's what allows us to be that child, that pure, innocent child of God. Is that we're not holding accountability through things that are past, that have already been dealt with. All the way through Hebrews, he's making that comparison. Don't do what they did of old. Don't follow that course of life. It's what it's given to us for: is for a lesson, for an illustration, to encourage us along the way. We need to learn to draw near to God, a closeness. It's hard at times trying to to catch that glimpse of the majesty, the holiness, the perfection of God whom we cannot see. To know that it transcends this universe that we have no way to fully comprehend. That his desire is that we would draw close to him. That we would walk with the king. This world, as we mentioned in the auditorium class, has its attractions. Satan is very effective in what he does. He has a way of suddenly subtly encouraging us to just just tone down just a little bit to catch some of the things that the world throws at us you only go through this world once you need to live it with gusto you just need to you need to live this life to its fullest but it's not by the things that the world has to offer that does not live life to the fullest. Things pass. The fellowship that we have with one another, for those who have been Christians for a great length of time, know what's involved in that. Know the fellowship of brothers and sisters in Christ that you've worked with, worshipped with, been a part of their lives for 50 years or more. And the memories that it comes to mind that floods your soul, or should, of how they encourage us, and how they stayed with us. We need to hold fast or firm to our faith, not waver in who God is. It's always interesting that God, who has provided so many avenues of evidence. That he is. And has provided so many ways of reminding us of the beauty of walking with the king that we tend to forget that from time to time. We tend to forget that the battle that we fight is not physical We're not fighting, per se, against materialism. We're not fighting against, per se, comfort. We're fighting against Satan, whose sole purpose is to destroy our faith in God. And that he's not slack in his attacks. Yea, we're told to resist him, he will flee but he will always be there and he'll come back again. He looks for the weak link in that whole armor of God that we are to put on. He's looking for that opportunity when in a weak moment we allow something to grab us that's only in the world. And so we have the Scriptures. These were written for us. That we, through the patience and the comforts of the Scriptures, might have hope. You start in Genesis, and you go all the way through Revelation, and all that you have is a history God's love, and man's actions to that love. Follow, follow away. Follow, follow away. And then there are those who will fall away and not return. So this concept of the exhortation that God gives to us Out of the text this morning, in the King James at least, it says, we need to consider how to provoke one another to love and good works. To stimulate, to challenge. (coughs) And the only way that you could provoke, that's one of the rare occasions where it's used in a positive sense, but the only way that you can provoke is to know. To know one another. To know what it takes to provoke in the good sense, provoke one another to love. You know better than that. You need to love God, and you need to love His children. We know better than what we do at times, and to good works. But again, that comes through our constant association. It's always a joy to read of those that we've known down through the years and to read of what they're doing or what they've been doing for the cause of Christ, how some of them have gone on to the glory. It's always sad to read of those who have been the soldiers of Christ, who have let the world overwhelm them, and to give up their faith in God. That's why God chose our assembling together is not because that's what we chose to do. God chose that. He chose to describe us as a body of which he is the head. He chose to describe us as members in this body who contribute to the working of the body For the glory of Christ. And to remind us that each member has a different function, each member has a different talent. And what that member does is not what the body does as a whole. The thumb is used to help the four fingers hold up a book. Without the thumb, it's difficult to do that. But that is not the sole function of the body. What the thumb does contributes to the overall working of the body. And that overall working of the body is to demonstrate and to show the world what it is like for one to be in Christ Jesus. Well, the pettiness is gone. When I do carpentry work and I hit that wrong nail, the whole body knows it. It also affects the head. And in the spiritual body, when one member one member suffers the head as well is aware of that Christ suffers. Why he tells us to encourage one another and do it all the more as you see that day approach you. Do not forsake do not think it light to forsake the assembling of ourselves together. And he says as as it's already had become a habit for some there's a purpose in it. We encourage each other and we need to spend that time with one another. We're exhorted to dwell close to God. Look in verse 19 of the reading. Therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus, the concept that you have a bold access the throne of God Almighty, that you can approach Him at any time. Earlier, back in chapter four of Hebrews, verse fifteen, for we do not have a high, excuse me. We do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are. Yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace. That's to God's throne. That we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in a time of need. Do we understand that as his children? What access has been granted to us That is not granted to those who are outside that body. What a privilege it is. What an honor it is. And what a responsibility that it carries. It's always a joy to behold the faces of God's children. It's always a joy to be in their presence. And despite what we tell one another, it's always a joy to see brothers and sisters here who physically are suffering. I mentioned that times past. I'm not sure how God deals with us, but I'm grateful that He does. Because you ask anybody how they're doing. And they'll tell you, I'm fine. You can see the pain in the face. You can see the limp in the walk. You see the struggle in the walking. But what are they? I'm fine. I'm fine. I think part of that is I'm fine because I'm in the house of the Lord and I'm with family. That makes a difference. That makes a difference. The scriptures have been given for our admonition. And again, again, It's always hard to conceive or to consider that God has, has had to write through his creation from the beginning and preserve that word until the end of time to remind his people what the Hebrew writer is doing. He's reminding God's people who decided that one time they were going to walk with the king. And then for some reason, whatever it may have been, some reason had decided that that walk was too much. And we did that. Every once in a while we, we do get down. We need that that opportunity to encourage one another. It's always a pleasure after services and before services to see the interaction and hear the interaction of brothers and sisters in Christ. To see the compassion that is shown towards one another. The willingness to help one another. That's what it's about. I have bold access to God's throne. And it is because of the blood of Jesus Christ. And I need to approach his throne from time to time. I need to again, in the figurative sense, I need to look up. I need to gaze into heaven. And I need to see God <coughs> on His throne and Jesus at His right hand. And to know that Jesus is making intercession. On my behalf to the Father. Should be a life changer. We who have a beginning of days and an end of days, we who, in the scheme of history, are but a blip. James says we're a vapor that appears for a little while and then vanishes away. But as that vapor appears for a little while, knowing what Christ is doing now, how could I not want to walk with the king? How could I not want to be in his house. Not the physical structure, but to be in his house. Worshiping, praising, honoring, and glorifying. The one who so loved that he gave his son for my sins. Then how can I not Look at each one and say, He's done exactly the same thing for you. He gave His Son for you. That makes us family. And as family, that ought to make us want to be together. We're here prayerfully. Because we've chosen with a spiritual heart, there's no place else on the face of this earth that we would rather be. And then let us encourage each other as we have that opportunity. But it's up to us in the decision that we make along the way. One day, we'll give an answer for the life that we have lived. One day, we we'll stand before the judgment seat of Christ to answer. The question will be not what you wish you had done. The question will not be what you thought you could have done. The question is, what have you done? What have you done with the sacrifice that Jesus made on your behalf? What will your answer be? God in his love, his patience, his mercy, his forbearance, long-suffering, all those words before the foundation of the world that already bore bearing with us. He's there. He waits. He encourages. But he waits to hear your answer. The only way you can change that eternal destiny is to answer here. We understand that our life is not where God would have it to be. We understand that we need to make a change in our life. It may be to become that child of God if we understand that sin separates us from God, that we need to repent of those, turn from them. We need to confess that he is the Lord and Savior. We need to put him on in baptism for the remission or the forgiveness of those sins, to be raised to walk that new life in Christ Jesus, and then to live faithfully for him. Or it may be that as a child of God, we've let the world creep back in, And we need to renew that life to God again. If you need help in that decision, if we could assist you, if we could help you in any way, then indeed we would encourage you to come as together we stand and sing.